evening, everyone. Hello. I'm Mark, and uh, I'm pastor here at E3, and it's uh, good to be here. Uh, we are in the second week of a uh, three-week series, and four if you count Christmas Eve, a uh, series that we're calling His Name Is. And one of the cool things about the Bible is that there's a, a thing called prophecy in it. And uh, prophecy essentially is looking toward in the future where God gives us a glimpse of what, what's going to happen in the future. And, and there is a prophet uh, named Isaiah. And Isaiah was writing about the coming of uh, Jesus thousands of years before he came. And he talked about some characteristics that, that Jesus was uh, going to have and and that we're going to be able to see and in the hebrew culture as we talked about last week names mean something names uh have significance i was in a coffee bar actually uh before uh we came in here and uh jason judy judy cohen's uh son came up to me and he looks up to me and he says you need a nickname I said, really? I need a nickname. And, and I said, well, what kind of nickname do you think I should have? He goes, I think we should call you Philip Billy Bob. <laughs> I'm like, Philip Billy Bob? I'm like, aren't nicknames meant to be like shorter or something like that? He's like, no, Philip Billy Bob. And I'm like, what about like Vanilla Ice or something like that? He like looks at me. He's like, nah, Philip Billy Bob. And, you know, it, you know, he just walks up to me and, and, and he, and, uh, you know, wants to give me this, this nickname as a, a term of endearment, I, I guess, or, or, or something like that. Uh, but names have significance. But in, in our culture, we talked about how names can sometimes, uh, be hurtful and we can kind of understand, uh, that aspect of it. But in the Hebrew culture, they, they, came with deep, significant meaning. And when you called somebody something, that it attached uh, a great amount of significance to it. So when Isaiah was writing and uh, having prophecy and looking forward and saying, look, you know what? Like in, in chapter 9, in verse 6, he goes, look, a child has been born to us. God has given a son to us. He will be responsible for leading the people and his name will be Wonderful Counselor. Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. And then in chapter 7, he talks about Emmanuel, God with us. That, that these weren't just, you know, nicknames like Philip Billy Bob. That, that there was great weight and meaning behind it. And, and tonight I wanted to look at what does this mean, Jesus being a wonderful counselor and a powerful God? I mean, is that something that... that was only significant 4,000 years ago? Was it something significant when Jesus walked this planet uh, 2,000 years ago? Or is it, is it is something of value, something of significance, something that actually matters to us today? And uh, I was thinking about this idea of counselor. And I don't know about you, but you know, in my, my mind's picture, I, I don't think in words, I think in pictures. So when somebody says like counselor to me, I don't see the words counselor come up in my mind. In my mind, I actually uh, have a picture of, of what that is. And what instantly comes to mind is 
somebody laying on a couch, probably a black leather one with, you know, not the armrest, but kind of like smoothed out, you know, and kind of laying back like that, looking up for some reason, and and somebody in like a real expensive uh, chair with like a clipboard with glasses sitting there and like making noises like, hmm, uh-huh. And things like that. That's just kind of the, the, the mental picture. When somebody says counselor, that, that's what comes to mind. But that's, that's the uh, prof- profession, profession of, uh, of being a counselor. That's a job. But that's not necessarily what a counselor is. In fact, a counselor really is anybody that you listen to. And there, there are thousands of voices out there vying to be our counselor. Like a counselor would be anybody that you listen to and, and uh, for some reason what they say, you give weight. And, and that you would consider or, or maybe just immediately put in your life. And I was thinking about different um, you know, pop culture type of counselors that are out there. There's Oprah, which is an obvious one, you know, that she's probably the, you know, the most popular one out there. There's, you know, there's people like Glenn Beck or, or, uh, uh, David Ramsey or Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, if you have her, I'd consider changing your counselor, but, you know, Michael Moore is out there, uh, um, Al Gore, you know, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Tom Cruise is even a counselor of sorts, you know, when he was out there, like telling women about childbirth and how they didn't need, uh, you know, pain medication, which, you know, whatever, Tom, you know, like, like he, he really knows. And we think, you know, our counselors, you know, what are they saying? What are they doing? Are they, and where is their counsel coming from? And I think that us, you know, the world has to ask this question, but I think this is something that we really have to struggle with as followers of Christ. Who are we really listening to? Who, who is, is pointing us on a path? And, and are they trustworthy? And really, if, if Isaiah is saying that, that Jesus was going to be this wonderful counselor, you know, what does that really mean? And can we trust Christ with our lives? Well, I, Started out my journey uh, on the subject looking at John chapter uh, 14 and verse 15 and 17. And Jesus is talking to the disciples here and uh, kind of starting our journey. He says this, he goes, if you love me, obey my commandments. And so he's, he's giving counsel he's like, look, you know, obey my commandments if you love me. And I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And Jesus makes some pretty lofty claims here. Number one, he he establishes himself as the current counselor the one that isaiah foretold about and he says look i'm going to be leaving you pretty soon but don't worry about it because i'm going to send you another counselor and this counselor is just not going to live with you but he's going to live in you and he is going to direct you and the amazing statement is here he's the holy spirit who leads into all 
truth. That this counselor doesn't mess up. That this counselor is actually the very Spirit of God that gets to indwell in a follower of Christ's life, directing us in every aspect, in every direction that we go. And in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 3 goes on, and Paul writes this, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Those of us who are followers of Christ get to be united with the Son of God. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. So we have this understanding and this picture being painted that, that Jesus says, look, I am the one, the wonderful counselor that Isaiah foretold about, and that I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to indwell in you. And not only that, God has made me wisdom itself. Now, wisdom is a difficult thing for us to really kind of grab onto in the 21st century, that uh, it's not a, a characteristic that we really value as a society. It really, it really isn't. We, we as a society, we value things like power and, and money and, uh, and physical good looks uh, and, and material things. I just, I mean, just, that's just the way it is. We don't really hold a high value of wisdom and wise people for the most part. And because of that, you know, we, we've kind of get what we've asked for. We, you know, we, we ask, you know, the, the Oprah's and the O'Donnell's and the, and the Dr. Phil's to, to be our counselors and, and to be the things that we set on a pedestal. And when they fail us, we, we feel betrayed. But really, we're, you know, we look and we say, look, we, we, we want this knowledge and we want wisdom from people, but, but we have already been given it and we're overpassing the wonderful counselor for counselors that are less. And sometimes we think, you know, weird thoughts about, about wisdom, like where do you go for wisdom? If I just tangibly you know, wanted to go out and I go, I want to go find some wisdom. I don't know about you, but I kind of get this picture in my mind of, you know, if I really want to find wisdom, I have to climb the Himalayas and, and find a shack somewhere. And there's probably some guy with, you know, a long flowing white beard, you know, who's really skinny and wearing robes and, you know, probably speaks like Yoda, you know, just like, uh, uh, good advice I give you, I do, or something like that, you know, some, and, and you think about that, and, and that's really not what we have to do at all. That we don't have to climb the Himalayas to find wisdom. We don't even have to turn on our TVs to find wisdom. That, that God has, has put wisdom not only in our midst, but in our hearts. In Proverbs, I was Proverbs uh, is known kind of as a as a as a book of wisdom in the Bible, and uh, uh, it's not a like a lot of times people read Proverbs and they read it incorrectly. They they read it as uh, a book of promises, which it's not, or you know a, a book of directives or or something which it's not, or a book of poetry which it's not. It's it's basically a collection 
of wise saying. So I knew that I wanted to talk about this wonderful counselor, and I, and I really felt that the scripture had led us to this idea of finding out what true wisdom is. So I sat down and said, you know, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through Proverbs until, you know, I find, you know, what God wants to uh, communicate uh, tonight, you know, what he wants us to really grapple with and, and look at. And fortunately for me, Right in chapter 1, I found it. Didn't have to go any farther. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. You have this beautiful uh, picture of, of wisdom. Verse 20 says, Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls out to the crowds along the main street and in those in front of City Hall. You simpletons, she cries. How long will you go on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools face the, fight the facts? Come here and listen to me. I'll pour out the spirit of wisdom upon you and make you wise. I call you so often, but you didn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when, you when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when you are engulfed by trouble, and when anguish and distress overwhelms you. I will not answer when, the cry, when, when they cry for help. Even though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. That is why they must eat the bitter fruit of their living or own way. They might, must experience a full terror of the path they have chosen. For they are simpletons who turned away from me to death. They are fools and their own complacency will destroy them. But all who listen to me will live in peace and safety, afraid of, unafraid of harm. And I read that and I was just blown away because it was almost if I was reading a current blog. I, when I read this and just looking at these words like, how long will you go on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools fight the facts? And I don't think you have to go very far to, to, to just see that these words are, are, are just shouting in our town squares right now. As we look at the newspapers, you could just about pick any headline and see that the results of where our world is is because we have misplaced our values and, and listened to the wrong counselors about things. And I want to use an example, and it really the example has nothing to do with uh, uh, anything. It's just a, it, just, it just happens to be an example to give this some legs. I was thinking about this idea of being a wise counselor and just the, the financial crisis that our country and our world finds it in right now. Now, Scripture in God as a, as a wise counselor is, is very clear on finances. You know, uh, he says, look, a, a, 
a uh, debtor is slave to the lender. One of my favorite verses in, in Romans, Paul writes, Oh, no one anything except for love. I mean, this idea that, that God talks about giving and saving and this kind of weird thing of living within your means. And I think about that and think about how God has been shouting out in the streets and, and crying out in the public square that, that, you know, along the main street in front of City Hall about, look, this is, this is the way that we need to live. But all these other counselors have, have drowned out God's Word. And you think about uh, just the, the financial crisis and all the bailouts that we're facing right now. And, and, and I don't want to go into really a commentary if that's good or bad, but, but really, as, as we look at it, what's the root of that? And when I was driving in this morning, I heard on the radio that now in America, one in every 10 homeowners are in some form of foreclosure. And I started thinking about that and thinking about conversations that I've had, especially with a bunch of my um, friends in California. And as they were trying to purchase homes and I was kind of scratching my head and like, oh, well, how, how are you affording this, you know, I know, you know, what you make and, and, and they're like, oh, you know, now there's things called, you know, there's 40 year mortgages. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's kind of a long time, but you know, all right. And it's like, and especially when they're in their twenties, I'm like, you don't even know what 40 years is. I mean, you've lived on this planet for, you know, 20 something years and you're going to sign your life away for 40 more years. I mean, I mean, it's just mind boggling, but but the other thing is, uh, I started hearing things like reverse amortization mortgages. And I'm like, well, what's that? And I had a friend tell me, well, you know what? It, it's where I, I buy something and, it, and if, I, if I pay my mortgage on time every month, I owe more money because they've artificially lowered my payment below the interest rate. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like a good idea to me. And they're like, oh no, it'll all work out because the realtor told me that the prices are going to just keep on going up and then I can refinance and, and it's going to be okay. I'll get my money out of it. And then you hear, you know, other commercials that they don't run anymore, but, but you know, you would hear these mortgage commercials like, have no proof of income, no problem can't pay us back, you know, or any tangible proof that you can pay us back. No problem. Just buy, buy, buy. And there was all this kind of different paper shuffling going on. And you'd see commercials like, hey, you know what? You have all this credit card debt. You can be debt free. All you have to do is wrap up this debt into your home and you'll be debt free. And these are the counselors that we're hearing, these 30-second counselors. And people sit there and they go, you know what? I want to be debt-free. That'd be great. But you're not really debt-free. You're just putting it over into a different pile. 
And we are we built this this mountain and this lifestyle of based on something that just wasn't real on on what people thought should be and hoped it could be. And you got to realize that at some point if you spend more money than you make you're going to be in debt and at some point somebody is going to knock on your door and say you know I'd like my money now. And we've come to a point where so many people have been lied to and said, you know what, you're owed this or you're due this and, or you, you know, be this and you can have this. That we willingly turned off our truth detectors and just went along. And I just I feel that that because we have done that, especially as as a church, that we have missed such an amazing opportunity. Could you imagine how we could be ambassadors of Christ? How we, if we had listened to the wonderful counselor about owing nothing except love, if we saved and and we gave and and we lived within our means the the kind of platform that the church would have right now be able to say you know what there may be a better way and that maybe if if god is right about finances then maybe he's right about moral issues and maybe if he's right about finances, maybe he's right about physical issues. And maybe if he's right about finances, then just maybe you should take a second look at emotional issues and spiritual issues. And how that could have put us in a place of, of authority and a, and a place where we would be ready to be counselors. But unfortunately... For most, a lot of us, we, we miss that, that we got sucked up into this, the, the, this, you know, these counselors that said, you know, you can do this, you can have it all, you can be it all. I mean, it's so easy, and I understand how, how it happens. That, that it just the other day I was at, I was at Best Buy, and uh, Steve-O, I was with Steve-O, and he was buying a, a nice gift for somebody. And uh, and we were walking around, and and uh, we came by uh, the the PlayStation display. And I like video games; they're cool. And uh, I like to play them with my son. It's bonding time. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I have to get good at him when he's not around. At him when he's not around, just so I can you know help him. And but we were coming along, and and. We saw the, the, the PS3, and it now has a 160 gigabyte hard drive. And, and we're like, whoa, 160 gigabyte hard drive. And, and Steve goes, well, what would you ever use a 160 gigabyte hard drive for? You know, I mean, that's like, if that was like just raw information, that'd be like from here to the moon or something. I mean, it's a lot of space, right? And, I, and, and in my heart, I didn't say this out loud, I'm, I'm like, I don't know, I don't care, but it's got to be twice as good as the 80 gigabyte one right next to it. 
And, and it was funny, the guy comes up, uh, you know, the guy in a nice blue shirt, you know, they, they're, they look so nice and they, and they come up and, and, and he said, he said, yeah, you know, this is, you can, you can open up a credit account and you don't have to pay for 90 days. And I was thinking, yeah, 90 days, I don't have to pay. And then I thought, wow, if I bring that home, I'm going to start paying today because my old Shannon will knock me out. So, but we, we think about that and we get sucked into this, this idea, this counselor, you know, the nice guy in the blue shirt, he was counseling me saying, look, you don't have the money today. It's no problem because you don't have to pay for 90 days. And I'm not sure what's going to be different in my life now than it is in 90 days. But somehow that, that, that tweaks our brains and we start listening to that and we start going, you know what, maybe that's right, maybe that's good. Surely I could afford that. And what we start doing is, is digging ourselves in a hole and, we, and, and walking away from the principles that God has laid out in front of us. And it, it's so easy to happen because, you know what, if we... Don't make a, a decision to yield our hopes and our desires and our wants to the wonderful counselor, then we're automatically choosing to go another direction. See, many years ago, I, I made a decision that, uh, that I wasn't going to go into uh, consumer type debt, I just wasn't going to do it. And uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, and for example, I, I shattered a tooth. Um, I've actually shattered two teeth and I haven't got them replaced just because I haven't saved enough money to get them replaced. And people say, well, that's a, that's a necessity. You can, you can go into debt for it. And just for me, I'm like, you know what? I have no problem. I could still eat and, uh, uh, and, and, and figuring it out. And it just, I just like, you know what? I just, I can't, oh, somebody, anything except for love. And someday I'll raise up that money and, and uh, I'll get a new, new tooth and uh, it'll be all good. And, uh, but when you pay, you, you get in, obligated to somebody or something or organization, they don't care who you are or what you do. And it's so easy to, to rationalize, say, you know what, I want this or I need this, or I, I had a bad day, so I just want to go out and buy something to make myself feel better. And before you know it, you have a mountain of debt. And you have all this anxiety in your life. And because you have all this anxiety in life, it doesn't only affect you, but it affects everybody else around you. And it closes off having a right relationship with God. It closes off having a right relationship with people. And your whole world gets turned upside down. It all started from that time where you said, you know what? I am going to listen to other counselors except the wonderful counselor. And, you know, I know that we 
so many of us are in debt and and we've listened to other counselors not only on the money thing but on the relationship thing and emotional thing and physical thing and and all all of these different channels but one of the things about just being a grown up and and being mature is is realizing and being able to own up to when you've been on the right path, wrong path. And to realize, you know what, you know what, these, these other counselors, you know, we come to this crisis and they're saying, okay, now we got to do this and we got to do that and we, you know, we got to borrow this and do this. And at some point you got to go, whoa, time out. This is crazy. This is absolutely nuts. When am I going to say, you know what, it's time for me to feel a little pain right now so I can have a brighter future tomorrow. And the great thing is, is God is a God of restarts. That He just says, look, you know what, I understand that many times we start going down the wrong path. That you have stopped listening to me. And I just want to let you know that I still love you. He says, look, on your life, all you got to do is hit Control-Alt-Delete. And a nice little screen will come up and you can hit End Task. And yeah, you know what? The whole thing might fall apart. But I can tell you this. I would much rather deal with the consequences and know that I'm back on the right path than continuing to lie to myself and experiencing anxiety going down a path that I know ultimately leads nowhere. You can't go and continue listening to counselors that have led you down the wrong path again and again, thinking that they're going to somehow find a shortcut and get you right back on the path. It just doesn't work that way. And it's people's nature that they try to cover up and fix and fix and fix instead of just saying, you know what, let's just stop the madness and let's yield ourselves to where we should have been the first place. And let's pay for our past mistakes. Let's own up to them and move forward. That's what healthy people do. And thank goodness that we have such a powerful God that He doesn't need to sit there and and lord that over us and say, you know, I told you, you're a total screw-up and and all of this. No, you know what? Bring me your garbage. Bring me everything. I just want you to come with a contrite spirit to understand that hey, you know what? I turn my back on you. And to say, God, will you you allow me back into your fold? Will you still be my wonderful counselor? He will say, yes. One of my favorite pictures in the Bible about how wonderful and powerful our God is is found in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 12. And it's just talking about being actually in the presence of God. It says, after this, uh, John is writing this, after this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language. 
I just love that picture of every nation, tribe, people, and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white. They didn't start in white. These, are, these people in white are people who listened to wrong counselors. They went down the wrong path. Sex, they were sexually broken. They had financially messed up. Every possible mess up that you can think of in your life was represented by these people who are now restored. They were dressed in white in front of all powerful God. People from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, and they were clothed in white and they held palm branches in their hand and they were shouting with a mighty shout, salvation comes from our God on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings and they fell face down before the throne and worshiped God. They said, Amen, blessings and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. God is God of second chances. Here's the good news. This isn't the last crisis that the world is ever going to end. That we'll get another chance to be ambassadors of Christ. And we haven't missed it. We've learned. We have discovered that God in His grace has said, look, I'm still here. I'm still a wonderful counselor that my principles are still right. And all you have to do is make the decision to yield to me. And I will bring you down the right path. And I am such a great God that I will just accept you and call you my own. Let's pray. Dear God, just uh, thank you for restarts, the opportunity to come back into your presence. I know that so many of us have missed Miss the mark. We've listened to different counselors that aren't wonderful by their words and their actions, and by our weakness, we have looked at them and said, "You know what? I want what they're saying to be true, so I am going to do it." God, make us wise. Put wise people around us. Let us listen to the wise counselor that you have put inside us who leads to all truth. Let us not be foolish. Let us live with right minds, right bodies, right souls, and right intellect. And bring glory to you with all our being. In Jesus' name, amen.